Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Capitalize Your Fridays. I'm Michael Williams, founder and president of Altius Financial, and I'm joined by my co-host and associate, Taylor McGowan, who is our senior wealth design specialist. How's it going, Taylor? Hey, going great. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Here we are in November. We're wanting to remind people to to enjoy both their Fridays because that's why we're calling it Capitalize Your Fridays and their holidays. And we have a little episode today that I thought would be worthwhile talking about. It's more philosophical. It's talking about the Altius philosophy, sort of our credo, and why we do what we're doing. This is a little bit more abstract and less about the nitty gritty of investments and planning techniques. But I think it's important for all of our listeners to understand how we think about things, how we think about planning, how we think about investing. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time discussing these five different quotes that I use, that we use at Altius, and how they relate to our approach to building wealth. So we're going to do that, but first we've got to do our, uh, a little disclaimer. Yep, got to do that disclaimer. So just a reminder, anything that we have in this discussion on our podcast is not meant to be direct advice. We do recommend reaching out to your professional financial team or accounting team or reach out to us if you don't yet have a team that you work with. This is just meant to be educational and hopefully motivational, a little bit entertaining, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Just a reminder, if you want to reach out to us, it's taylor at altiusfinancial.com, michael at altiusfinancial.com, or of course, our website, www.altiusfinancial.com. So Mike, I know you've got these quotes and you've used them for a long time to really drive your overall approach. What really gave you the idea of using these quotes in the first place? Well, so for in one sense, it was just to simplify things for myself and our clients. It's like a each one of these quotes are kind of like a statement of principles in my mind, though. Obviously, in today's world, maybe it's not obvious, but I think in today's world, a lot of times people are anti-principle. But I think it gives a person a great advantage to think in principles. If they can think and simplify and make sure they're real clear on the, the most fundamental parts. You know, maybe I can use an analogy. Think about the act of planning itself. We talk about planning all the time, trying to plan out a grocery list or a vacation list or, or a shopping list or something like that. You know, th- think about planning for a trip. I like road trips. In fact, I recently did one to drop off my youngest, Solana, out to college in California. And it's a cool thing for me to, to plan a road trip. I like, obviously, that we have GPS today and we don't have to pull out the paper maps. But the principle is that we do need maps of some kind. That's what's in in a GPS, right? And we need to have principles to guide us on our journey or toward our goals. We wouldn't just hop in the car and start driving randomly in any direction, right? And we wouldn't let, you know, just the weather always determine our course or just, like I said, do something randomly or based upon our mood or or how we're feeling at the time. That would never get me out to California and drop off Solana. Uh, I need to have sort of a plan and a conceptual lay of the land, so to speak. So that's the way I think about these quotes. Okay. So I I definitely get the need for planning, maps, principles. Yeah, (laughs) that kind of makes sense. Um, But what's the business we're in and why famous quotes? So I like quotes myself. And it's interesting, a long time ago, I started collecting them. And then later on, after I had a bunch of quotes copied down all over my office on sticky notes or in my journals or on my hard drive on a Word document somewhere. I started asking myself, why am I organizing quotes this way? And why, why am I even collecting them? What's, what's important? And as I mentioned, it's, it's kind of like uh, you know, principles. But I came to the conclusion that they're kind of inspirational to me. They, they can almost instantly change my mood when I read a quote that I identify with. And obviously, it depends on whether you identify with it or not. 
But if you find quotes that are meaningful to you, they can be they can change your mood. You know how people say they want the sort of thirty thousand foot view. It's kind of like saying, you know, let me look at the map, let me you know see that big picture, or let me kind of keep my eye on what's important. So again, quotes if they're good ones and they speak to you, because not everyone agrees what a good quote is. But if they really do connect to you, they can change your mental state and change your focus. They sort of help you distill wisdom or insights that have been you know, passed down from famous people or people who were great achievers in some field or another and communicate that wisdom more effectively. So you can also get to know authors or famous people better or some of the history that we've missed through some of these simple thoughts and the quotations that we're talking about. Okay, so let's jump into these quotes. The first one is pretty straightforward. Happiness belongs to the self-sufficient. We were talking about this before, and I, I do feel this is probably one of my favorite ones. We were reading a different article that you had read, or that we typically read, and this one kind of reminds me of the second one that you made me read when we first started working here. What was that? The Standing Tall, It's a, which is kind of about just saying, okay, whenever I can look after myself and I don't need to depend on others, that's when I feel proud and confident and make progress. But so aside from your obvious passion for ancient Greeks and their philosophy, how does this really relate to financial planning? Well, yeah, that is a quote from Aristotle, and you're definitely right. I'm a fan of the ancients and Aristotle, and of course, Altius itself was named partly based on that interest of Greek philosophy. Altius is is a Greek word for altitude or higher, and we always want to add value by providing a higher level performance and, and service to our clients. But if you think about it, the whole point of planning or financial planning is to achieve some level of security and growth through having, you know, achieving, first of all, laying out your goals and then achieving them, not someone else's, but your own and making a plan to, to achieve those. The assumption is that financial security and building a solid net worth is related to your happiness. Now, again, money can't necessarily buy happiness, although we have another essay that I sometimes hand out to people <laughs> and push on people uh, that money can buy happiness. And I think that's interesting to read. Most people know that your financial well-being isn't the cause of your happiness, but it's definitely related to your lifestyle and how the kinds of choices you can make and the kinds of things you can do. Now, I had a friend recently who used a different phrase. He said, having freedom means that you're safe and secure and quitting someone else's goals. And it's not like our Aristotle said, you know, happiness belongs to those who are dependent upon their parents the rest of their lives, right? <laughs> yeah. Or happiness belongs to those who follow peer pressure or happiness belongs to those who, who gain the entitlement state or, you know, happiness. You know, he's talking about true internal happiness is that you can't be happy without being independent, that it, it doesn't mean you reject your friends or family or important relationships. And, and of course, interdependence is even, in one sense, a higher level. You know, those who, who graduate from dependence on their parents, typically, or their family, graduate to being independent of their family, having their own judgment, their own achievements. And then the most rewarding level is oftentimes interdependence, where you're, you are independent, but you're also interdependent with other people that you have kind of a, a great, meaningful relationship with. But the first step is getting that independence and and achieving some level of self-esteem yourself, doing it for yourself to be happy. And that's what he's talking about. And that's that's how I relate to the kind of the first step of financial planning is acknowledging that these are my goals and this is what I want to achieve with my life. And that's what Aristotle's saying. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. So how about number two? You have a quote from John Adams, the famous revolutionary hero and founding father of the U.S., And it's the longest one. It reads like they spoke back in the day, but I'll take a little shot at it. So facts are stubborn things. Whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. 
So that one is all about doing our best to be fact-oriented, to be as objective as we can. You've heard me say before that all progress starts with the truth, and it's that sort of thing that I think Adams was getting at. That quote was in the context of defending the British soldiers at the Boston Massacre trial. And, you know, he being the revolution, you know, he was one of the major causes of us declaring independence and, and the cause of the revolution. And he, he definitely was had a big part in that. He, more than anyone, would like to have seen those soldiers hang at that time, but he knew they were innocent. This is well before some of the other events in the, in the uh, revolution, but he knew they were innocent of what they were being accused of. He was their defense attorney, and he was saying, even, even if I feel this way about these bastards, they're innocent, and I've got to defend them. And, and so my point in connecting that to investing is that we've got to know, you know, if we feel good or bad about a company or a particular strategy, it's got to be fact oriented. We got to we got to be objective as we can to to help our clients make the best decisions or or put together the best portfolio for them. Okay, so this next one is by Mark Twain. Maybe history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does seem to rhyme. I like this one because it it's obvious what you're talking about. I mean, learning from the wisdom of the past and extracting that those principles and then using them in the future definitely makes sense to me. What's kind of your background on wanting this one to apply to like the new context with work? So I like this one a lot. It's actually, it, it, you know, it kind of leaves room for more flexibility. And everyone knows that you're a little bit more flexible than I am, Taylor, in lots of ways. But it's like you said, you know, it's very applicable to economic cycles and financial history. We, we do see things repeat themselves. They don't repeat themselves exactly, but people oftentimes make the same mistakes. They go through, uh, I mean, the whole history of financial bubbles, whether it's more recent ones are like our financial crisis and the real estate bubble that happened in 2010, 2008, 9, 10 the internet bubble that happened 10 years before that. If we go all the way back to to the tulip mania centuries ago, where people were investing more money in tulips than they were in their houses. I mean, some people may not know that story, but we see economics and certainly uh, stock markets and real estate markets and asset classes go through these cycles. And you can learn, you can extract lessons from them. And I think that's what Twain had in mind, is that they're not exactly the same as they were last time. And, and that's another point. I mean, there's a different related, and we're going to get to a Warren Buffett quote in here in a second, but Warren Buffett says, you know, if history really did drive the lessons of financial markets, then librarians would all be billionaires. So it isn't always exactly history that, that you know, you can't just look and say, okay, this is an exact cycle and I can, I can make my investment choices from there. But you can learn lessons. And again, it's about principles. You can learn sort of this is a pattern, a fact pattern that's happening and it's going to happen again. I don't know if I can tell you exactly when the timing of it it's going to be, but history does seem to repeat itself some. Yeah. Well, and it's also the, the concept that if you don't learn from history, then obviously it's going to repeat itself. Whereas if you're learning from history, maybe it's going to change. And so you've got this rhyme where it's similar but different and hopefully grow. That's a really good point because if you haven't learned, then you make maybe the same mistakes. But if you have learned, you're using your own learning and volition, your choice to say, I'm going to do something different than I did in the past or we're going to yeah. learn from this past and, and make a different history. So that's a really good point. So the fourth one is be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. This is Warren Buffett's quote. You know, I mentioned Warren Buffett, and he's one of the greatest investors alive today, and maybe of of all time. He's done a great job of actually being a contrarian, uh, not necessarily listening to what the rest of the crowd is doing, but picking his own battles and deciding you know, when it was 
you know, kind of going against the, the flow to make an investment decision. And this is the idea that when everyone is jumping on board something, that may mean they're outbidding each other for and, and bidding up the price of some asset or some stock or, or whatever it might be and paying too much. And he's saying that maybe is the time to be selling that. If, if someone's paying you too much for something, maybe is the time now to say, okay, I'll let them have it. Yeah. And the and vice versa. If, if someone's being too fearful about the markets or a particular stock, maybe that's the time to, to see opportunity. That Things have been bid down too low, and now no one or not enough people are putting enough value on that particular stock or asset class or, or part of the market. So it's just a way, again, to apply that prior lesson of cycles and historical cycles to say, you know, sometimes it's worthwhile going against the rest of the crowd and, and picking your investments on a contrarian nature. Yeah. So our fifth and final quote is, money is only a tool. It will take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver. So that's circling full all the way back to the happiness quote by Aristotle. It's talking about, you know, money isn't really truly the source of happiness. Money's not the cause ultimately. I mean, having wealth can cause and, and be a, a virtuous cycle of having more money and, and getting richer with your money if you're applying the principles correctly, but it, it's not the cause of happiness. And Ayn Rand saying money is a tool, it will take you wherever you wish, but it won't be the driver. The key thing that Rand's trying to communicate there is that You've got to make your own decisions. You have to make your own way in the world and your own path for your happiness. Your goals have to be the driver because money won't do it for you. We've seen plenty of people who have lots of money who are ruined by it because they don't have their own values and their own goals set up. So what Rand's trying to communicate there, I think, is important for for us to acknowledge the importance of money, but more importantly, to acknowledge your own values and goals. I like that. So I think that covers it. I mean, I don't know if you have any, like I said, I, I collect quotes all the time. These are the five that I apply to yeah. to Altius's investment and planning philosophy, and hopefully they're helpful to people. You know, we, we sometimes share some of our other favorite quotes on our newsletters and other communications, but uh, if you have any that you want to share, I'd be happy to hear. Maybe your our oh, listeners. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> that, um. We'll say that for next, next time or maybe next year's uh, podcast. We'll do some more in the coming year and, and talk about quotes or some of the favorite thoughts that you might have. Yeah. But definitely appreciate people listening to our podcast and uh, hopefully they'll continue to listen. Yeah, definitely. Thank you all for tuning in. We do invite you to obviously continue listening to our podcast. We're trying to have them out every other week. We do also want to invite you guys to participate in our 53-week challenge. If you haven't already, you're kind of wrapping up the year, but you can click into it on our website. We do have all of them listed out in an annual weekly format. So if you missed it this year, hop on and just do it for next year. Finishing out this year, we since it is Thanksgiving week, we want to invite you to kind of think of maybe three or four people that you're very thankful for, that you're feeling blessed to have in your life, and maybe write them a thank you note, shoot them a text, send them an email just saying, so glad you're here, love you, you're wonderful kind of thing. So that is our 53-week financial challenge for this coming week. And lastly, if you just have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to our emails, Taylor or Michael at Altius Financial and www.altiusfinancial.com. Thank Thank you guys. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and a great time with your family. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening.